Moines. Now, today's biggest stories from the BMW of Des Moines Sports Desk. This is an X's and O's update on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And I'm Trent Condon. Last night's Big Ten baseball tournament game between the Iowa Hawkeyes and Nebraska was postponed due to dangerous weather in Omaha. The game will be made up today after the conclusion of the Ohio State-Maryland game, estimated first pitch 11.30 this morning. Iowa State sophomore guard Tyrese Halliburton has been invited to participate in USA Basketball's under-19 World Cup team training. Halliburton is one of 34 players invited to participate in the camp, which runs from June 15th through the 18th. Iowa State Wrestling has picked up a commitment as Norwalk State finalist Carter Schmidt commits to the Cyclone Wrestling Team. In a pivotal Game 5 last night, the Toronto Raptors picked up the first road victory of the series as they knocked off the Milwaukee Bucks 105-99. Here's Leonard for three. Yes. Oh, Speaking of <laughs> The call from TNT Toronto at home Game 6 Saturday night as Nick Nurse looks to take his team to the NBA Finals. Baseball yesterday, the Twins tied a team record with eight home runs against the Angels. Oh, my. Another home run. The call from Fox Sports North. The Twins win at 16-7 and now have the best record in baseball at 33-16. The White Sox with another win last night. 4-0 over the Astros. Lucas Giolito was dealing. This is in the air. Third base side. Moncada is underneath, and donuts are on Lucas. 4-0 Sox. Complete game shutout for the transformed Lucas Giolito. The call from Jason Benetti, NBC Sports Chicago. Dwins and White Sox start their three-game set tonight in Minnesota. The Cardinals will be back in action this evening as they take on the Braves. Cubs this afternoon get the Reds' 121st pitch. Kyle Hendricks on the bump for the Cubs. And Milwaukee welcomes in Philadelphia for a three-game set while the Royals host the Yankees. Live from the Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson Studios, you'd rather be here. This is 1460 KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. Happy Friday to you. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. As you heard, Trent apparently uh, politicking for a guest spot on the Saturday morning pregame. A White Sox highlight in your update? They're playing well. A couple wins in a row against Houston. Yeah, Houston took a couple of days off by the sounds of things. But uh, look, it's it's hard to find a day where you can include a White Sox highlight. Very true. That. It's been two straight days for them and... Now they go to Minnesota. Chance to cut into that deficit. How about Dick Bremer, by the way? I'm not so sure you can find too many play-by-play guys who are bored when the team that they work for is is, is hitting home runs. That was a great call, Trent. It really was. I mean, consider that was what was that the eighth and last home run of the day yesterday? Uh, that was no. That was still Sano's first. That was the fourth one against Harvey. Okay, and he was already bored by it. It was. He had four um, more to call after that. Yeah, he did. There was eight of them for the second time this year. The Twins put uh, eight balls over the fence. Matt Harvey, what has happened to him? Mm. Unbelievable, boy. There was nobody there in the, at the Not ballpark. At all. Now it's a makeup game. Sure. I'll give you that. Um, and so, one o'clock out there start. Sure, as opposed to what would have been a night game the mm-hmm. night before. So the ticket holder. 
holders. Well, I'm sure that they could use their ticket on any you know any day, uh, any home game coming up. But uh, yeah, not very many people in the ballpark yesterday. Uh, lots to get to. Uh, glad you're with us here this morning. Uh, coming up on the program, going to hear from John Walters. Wanted to uh, you know pick John's brain a little bit. And, and admittedly, as he said to us, maybe Eric Heff would be better. But Scott Dockerman's piece continues to resonate more on Doc. He's had an eventful week media wise. Yes, he has. Uh, is uh, he? I don't know if it was him that got it first when the email was released. The email that went to Fran McCaffrey, not Hawkeye Sports or Learfield Sports, as was, we were told. As we were told, but perhaps uh, the impetus behind the uh, suspension of uh, of Gary Dolphin. So we'll get into that in a second. But back to John Walters for a minute. You know, with uh, with with the piece on on the Hawkeye Radio Rise. I don't remember anything similar to this for Iowa State. I don't know if there were. Um, you know, Pete Taylor and, and Eric Heft or, um, who was doing the radio football wise? Was Pete, I guess he must yeah, have yeah, been. Yeah, he was. Of course he was, because the Seneca Wallace run against Texas Tech right. was classic. Um, so yeah, I don't know if there was a, um, you know, if there were circumstances like that where there was a b- whole bunch of radio stations in the booth with Iowa State. So we're going to find out. But well, it'll be more than that, uh, as the Cyclone Tailgate Tour, uh, continues on here. So we'll catch up with John Walters. Look forward to doing that with John. Uh, Tom Caker's going to slide on in here at about 1045. We can't do the clones without doing the Hawks. So we will, uh, do that with Tom Caker in his normal spot here on a Friday. I'll get the latest with Tom and then Rob Doster from NBC Sports, NBC College or NBC Sports.com slash college basketball or something like that. Uh, is going to join us and we'll, uh, more on Jawan Howard and more on the, uh, on, on college basketball. And, you know, they continue to talk, they being the NCAA about, uh, making it more difficult for grad transfers to, you know, have the, uh, ability to go where they want after, uh, they've graduated and have a year left of eligibility. And some coaches like it, some coaches don't. And we'll see where that goes. But Doster's going to join us at about 11.15. We'll do a good, good college basketball segment heading into the long weekend. As college hoop segments probably going to be fewer and farther between yes, here in, yeah. in, in the weeks to come. NBA last night was outstanding. Boy, this Raptors team, Trenton, Kawhi Leonard, he is clearly hurt. Now, you saw him a couple of times. Reggie Miller picked up on it the second time. There was a shot from the, from floor level, almost like courtside level earlier, um, in the game where, uh, Leonard picked up a rebound and came down instead of planting on his left foot. He used his right foot, so he was off on his balance, and then they showed him going, to, taking a ball to the rim and shooting off his wrong foot. I mean, clearly there's something wrong with the dude, and yet he's the best player on the floor. And it's not close. You know, I was... No, I mean, Giannis is... Yeah, why is he the best player well. on the floor? I mean, he's had some clunkers here now during mm-hmm. this series. He's mm-hmm. had... Giannis has been, for him, bad. I mean, this is... And, and the one thing that I've been confused by at times is... Just get him in the post more often. I, I understand you want to spread the Well, they're the collapsing floor. on him like crazy, though. They are, but just put him in the post. Get him the ball there because he had a couple of those plays where he just turned around and dunk it. I mean, the really defender in the way, it didn't matter. He'd just go through right and, and finish with the dunk. But too much. He's turning the ball over a ton. Mm-hmm. And there was a point in the fourth quarter, earlier in the fourth quarter, where I said, boy, the, his style, he's going to get hurt at some point. And what happened? Wait, what happened? Right. So it was you. It was, yeah, my bad. My bad. Sorry, Bucks fans. You know, the uh, one of the bigger takeaways from that game, and it, and it involves social media, too, and I, I don't know what, what social media has become, too. <laughs> There's been over 4 million people that have watched David Bakhtiari, Aaron Rodgers, and Kristen Yelich slug beer yeah. on Twitter. Over 4 million hits. 
people watching Bakhtiari do his thing first and kind of challenge Aaron Rodgers, who must have been sitting on the other side of the floor. And Aaron, he wasn't really into the you know, he wasn't thing. Doing <laughs> but, uh, he went to they, Cal, not one of his strengths. It, probably so. Yeah, and I wonder if that had something to do with it. But uh, then Kristen <laughs> Yelich, the MVP of the uh, reigning MVP of the National League, and of course the Milwaukee Brewers star, and they will host the Phillies tonight in a three-game set. More about that coming up in the Claxons giveaway. A little clue there to one of the questions uh-huh. we're going to ask. But uh, Yelich did his thing. But Trent, again, I mean, we're approaching 5 million people have clicked on two football players and a baseball player slugging, chugging a beer. It's entertaining. and you Is get, it, though? F- yeah, is yeah, it? yeah. Yeah. You get to see Aaron Rodgers kind of look like a little bit of a punk. That's, yeah. People that was like the, that. Uh, that Unless was the... you're a Packers fan. Right. That put a smile on my face. It did it? Yeah. Uh, the Brewers owner sitting behind, or beside him rather, on, on courtside, of course, Danica Patrick's in Indianapolis for the weekend. Right. She usually, uh, is in that seat, but, uh, uh, that was the Bucks owner. And apparently, and, and you'll, have, I don't know this, uh, she had a t-shirt on with a picture of a rapper on it. And the ra- and I, I read it, but I didn't register at all because I'm 60. <laughs> okay. But I guess it was her taking a shot at Drake. Oh, right. Okay. All now, right. I don't know if there's a, a rap rivalry between these two, but she knew that she was going to be sitting beside Aaron Rodgers and the camera was probably going to find number 12 at some point and she would be there and she's got her shirt on and it's, I don't know if it's a rival raptor or whatever, a rapper rather. Uh, but anyways, the game was unreal, Trent. Uh, when it started Bledsoe and Brogdon, neither one of them could miss, uh, Malcolm Brogdon in the starting lineup yesterday. Uh, and he was really good, but Mirosic, who he replaced in the starting lineup, he was abysmal. I mean, he never yeah, scored yeah, a point. Right. So, um, the question is, do you sacrifice his game by putting Brogdon into the starting lineup? Does Mirosic have such a you know disappointing game if he starts? So it's kind of six of one, half a dozen of the other. Um, but we'll see. Conversely, Danny Green, same way. I mean, Danny Green is just terrible. Here's Danny Green's line. 16 minutes, took three shots, never made a single one of them. Uh, didn't turn the ball over. Didn't He had one steal and one rebound. One steal, one rebound, 16 minutes. And it was a lot of Fred Van Fleet. I mean, he that, incredible. He again. played a lot more yeah. of the game, and that's back to back so. incredible shooting nights out yes. of him. After, since he, since his wife has given birth, yeah, and he's had very little sleep apparently. Well, uh, I'm gonna guess he can afford a nanny. He's well, probably I would okay. Think, yeah, yeah. I would think. By the way, I, I'm into this. I'm into the series. Of, I'm into the whole Nick Nurse thing, and I've been um, switching over to NBA Network after the games because uh-huh. I want to hear Nick's press conference. Oh, okay. He's got his own hat. No. Yes. And it's a really, I would wear it, I think. I, maybe not. Probably not. But he's got, it, it's, it's a good looking ball cap. It's kind, it's not like, you know, you're wearing a twins hat. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, is it, the, is they call it a monogram with the N, N on it? Not capital letters, but a small N, little N, uh-huh. which I'm assuming, what, what, I mean, what else could it stand for, right? <laughs> it's Nick Nurse. He's got his own gear. His very own. Huh? His very own. His very own line. Uh, but uh, I'm I'm digging Nick in the uh, in this um, this whole environment. As I, you said in your update, I mean he's one way it went away from coaching a team in the NBA final. A guy from Carroll, from Carroll, uh, Iowa, played, played at you and I, played at you and I, and coached in downtown Des Moines for two years, and what, amongst other stars, brought brought a championship. Yeah, to brought Des a championship. Absolutely did. There were more people in the building that night than like three NBA playoff games. Crawford is, as you well know, Jerry Crawford was as good at marketing that team mm-hmm. when he had a stake in the ownership 
Um, as, I mean, I re- I'll never forget the first day, and I think that was the only game I ever went to. It was <laughs> very first game of their existence, and we oh, yeah. did our show there. And then I was walking around the arena, and as the gates open, who's at the front door shaking people's hands and welcoming them to the arena? Uh, Jerry Crawford. How you do it, right? How you do it? Yeah, how you do it? Now he's no longer involved in it, but back to Nick Nurse. Um, you know, he as you said, he won a championship with that franchise, and then went where? He went to Texas, right? In the same in the D League, to but took another Round Rock. That's not Round Rock. Rio was it? Rio Grande Valley. That's what it was. Rio Grande Valley. Yes, you're 100 percent right. And then the uh, journey continued on to the NBA and an NBA bench, and Coach of the Year gets fired, and they hire one as his assistants, and just happens to be a kid from Iowa. Unreal. I uh I missed the quote. Our friend Giffy sent this to us the other day. After they were down 0-2 in the series, I don't know how I missed it, but somebody asked him about being down 0-2 and how difficult it is, and he said, quote, I don't really give a crap. That's what he said? That's what he said. Well, that was his response to being down 0-2 in the series. Well, take care of the home court, and they yeah. did, and finally stole one on the road last night, or a team stole one on the road last night, and it was the Raptors, and I got to think that uh, ABC ESPN is just sick that they are one win away from you know, from participating in the finals. Would it be that big of a difference TV-wise, Toronto versus Milwaukee? Yeah, I, I, a difference I'll, I'll give you. Well, the Milwaukee market, it would be, what, cut in half? Oh, yeah, probably. I mean, as to what it would normally I mean, obviously, if, if they're you don't get in the it, Toronto TV rates. No, you don't get them. They don't right. count. The Canadian rankings right. don't count in America. Right, just like NBC. The last thing they want is a Canadian team. Well, they would take the they would take the Maple Leafs, I would think, or the, or maybe the Habs. But I, I don't know. They don't want that. But there are a lot of Canadians here that probably mm-hmm. root for mm-hmm. the Canadian team. Vancouver yep. no longer has one. Population two point nine three million of Toronto. Milwaukee, what do you think? Toronto's only 2.93 with the surrounding areas. That's Well, and that me. might just be Toronto. Toronto's huge. Toronto, you know, proper, if yeah. you will. Uh, Milwaukee is 595,000. All right, well, there, there's your answer. But it, again, yeah. doesn't, it doesn't resonate. But, no. you know, the game certainly did. It was as entertaining as hell. I mean, I'm pulling for this for this Raptors team. And, you know, I'm not, uh, well, the Canadian Miller must like them. No, that's not the case, right? I mean, I'm okay with I don't dislike them. But um, NBA's way down my list until April. Speaking of the monogrammed hat, it reminded it's really me. really good. Look, did you, did you see the text we just got? No, I haven't. I haven't. It's re- I mean, we got the text Which, of, well, of the Well, as hat. you know, I wear twins hats all the time. Uh-huh. TC, Trent Condon. Uh-huh. And numerous times I've been asked, oh, did you get that made for yourself? You really have? No. They don't see the logo. No, it's, it's a twins hat. Oh, it's not your initials? No, hmm. I don't have a hat with my own initials on it. Well, I guess I do, but it's a Minnesota twins hat. I don't know if I'd want to do that. No. My own, my own monogram. No, no, Nick Nurse got it. Looks good on Nick Nurse, but uh, you, you're going to get one though. No, I'm not going to no. get one. No. no, I'm not going to get. Can one. you go to NickNurse.com and get these? I wonder if he's still doing his shooting camp. Remember, because oh, he yes, always had yes. his camp in the middle of summer. You and I, and he would come on and, you know, to, to publicize it. We'd always give him airtime because, mm-hmm. hey, we liked him. Uh, and he's a local kid, uh, with a pretty good story. And, and, and he'd talk about that. And I have no idea how many people participated in it or not, but, uh, he would have that Nick Nurse shooting camp at some point in the summertime. Has he outgrown his own camp? Well, as of last year, he had one. The sixth annual happened last August. So now they don't have anything up on the website here, but. Still a possibility, yeah. right? Well, I wonder if he's outgrown it, though, the way he's yeah. uh, Anyways, we shall see. All right, Cubs yesterday afternoon. Look, I'm not going to criticize it all, considering the circumstances. I mean, that's it's so tragic. Go back to Wednesday when that poor, poor soul fell to his death while trying to fix the KDSM Tower. 
It wasn't fixed yesterday afternoon, so we did not have the opportunity to watch the Cubs. But good for WHO Channel 13 uh, for making it possible for that uh, station to get back on the airways. I mean, look at in in this day and age of media. Now, before I say that, I probably should tap the brakes a little bit. Don't they have a news relationship? Yes, they do. Yeah, they do. The, right at nine o'clock. The nine o'clock news. Right, yeah, right. is and the WHO airs, people. So there's there was already a relationship mm-hmm. there. So maybe not as out of the norm as I was about to say. Because can you imagine? You know, one radio station in this market goes. Are we go dark on something? And there's no way in hell. We make a call to Des Moines Radio or Group they're, or they're going to reach out to us and say, you know what, we feel awful for right. you. We're going to do you There you solid. go. Here, We got an extra signal here. Put your programming yeah. on there. Yeah. No, not going to happen. No, that's not going to happen. So that's why that's what caught me off guard to begin with. And as I started to say that, I realized that there was always that. Uh, there was already that relationship. But still, nonetheless, that's a solid out of WHO because there's baseball this weekend that we would have not been able okay. to see. I think the Cardinals are Saturday night baseball mm. this week on KDSM, the game of the week. So Cardinal fans, and there's a bunch of them in this market. Yes. They wouldn't have been up, uh, wouldn't have been able to see that. Um, so good for them for doing a solid, but uh, again, just a tr- tragic story from um, from Wednesday when the, um, you know, the worker who was tasked with trying to get KDSM back on the air uh, fell to his death. So John Lester yesterday... I, it was I, terrible, Trent. Now, I followed on, again, I'm followed on my computer. And I listened, I was in and out, I was back and forth as I was driving around yesterday afternoon, and uh, that in the Twins game as I was listening up in beautiful Yankton and getting the signal from up there. And as I was bouncing back Wait and forth. Wait a second, forth, they didn't have it up to dial? No, no. Oh, that's a mistake. Yeah, I, I agree, but that aside, Lester, it felt like, just listening to Pat Hughes, it didn't have it. I mean, he just... He's awful. He was really off. Mm-hmm. That's back-to-back nights that they're the two guys at the top of that rotation, Hamels and Lester, um, too disappointed. Now, it's going to happen, right? They can't be terrific all the time. Right. It's not going to be 34 consecutive yes. great starts. It right. just it doesn't happen. But this is back-to-back for Lester now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He had that. But he's done this in the past. Remember, this has, isn't out of the yeah. norm for him. You, you can usually, if you go back to his, you know, his year to year, you can find a couple of stinkers in there. I got to mention this, Trent, because he's my guy. And in my opinion, he's the most valuable player on the team. Oh, you're talking about Javi Baez. Well, okay, maybe Baez. Well, so my guy's the second most valuable player oh, so on this team. Okay, so it's Chris Bryant. All right, third. Anthony Rizzo? Fourth. Albert Amora? He's really good on more. <laughs> I'm talking about Tyler Chatwood for crying out oh, loud. No. Oh, no. Trent, so again, couldn't watch it, but um, here he got. He wasn't pitching. But Joe Madden put him into the game to hit in the ninth inning as they're down four runs. Four runs they were down? I think they were down four. Anyways, Chatwood almost took it out of the ballpark, <laughs> uh, drives in a couple. Were the bases loaded at the time? Drove in a run. Drove in a run. Okay, yep, that's yep. what it was. Cut it to two. Right, but he still doubled and and moved. So he would. So then runners on second and third, and um, I don't know who got the final out of the game, but uh, Tyler Chatwood uh, doing some work out there with a bat in his hand. He's been great, not in a starting role. Uh, but he's been terrific uh, when he's been asked to eat some innings, and, and, and good for him because this was a guy that wasn't going to make the team uh, out of spring training, at least in a lot of people's mind. Uh, Carl Edwards, here's Cappy's uh, criticism, apparently. He was fantastic. Yes, yes. Uh, pitched one inning, struck out every single one of those Phillies that he faced uh, in that inning, so good, uh, good effort out of him. So here comes Cincinnati, and don't look now, but this Cincinnati team is... 
They're okay. They, they're the best last place team in baseball. That is. Are a they fair still in care- baseball? Are they still in last place? Rather, I think they they were anyways. They have to be right. I mean, the Pirates have still been pretty. Cardinals good. have been circling the drain though. It's true. Yeah, they the the, the Cincinnati Reds. They out are. There. Yeah, but well, not bad. How far out, off the lead are they? Seven and a half. Isn't that awful? Twenty two and twenty seven. Mm-hmm. And they had a really really bad start too, and they bounced back. And yeah, they're okay. A team that's probably going to win between seventy five and seventy eight games, right. right in that range, and somewhere around there. How about Seattle? By the way, look, look at speaking of last place teams, they started what nine and two, yeah, yeah, and and, and are now six games below five hundred, and they are still one of the biggest power teams in all of baseball. Their are pitching they? stinks? Yeah, they're after getting to see them against the Twins uh, last uh, throughout the week. That is a bad, bad rotation. Mm. Felix Hernandez, it's been a long, long drop from where he once was. Well, I mean, he's been around a long time, yeah. too. Yep. Yeah, he's it's coming to them. But didn't they want to take him out of the starting rotation there last year? There was talk year? of that, yeah. Boy, and he's the, well, look at the faces of that franchise. Obviously, Griffey. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you can put A-Rod on that no, list anymore. No, no. Um, no, you can't, right? Jay Buhner was a great player. For them, but Edgar Martinez. Edgar Martinez would be one. He's a Hall of Famer now. Yeah, Edgar Martinez. Andy um, Johnson. Was he though? Still, he's still a Mariner to me. So he was an expo to me. Yeah, he did his best work in, in in Seattle. Won a World Series in Arizona to the Yankees. Yelled at cameramen. Yeah, when he was walking down the streets because he didn't want to be bugged in New York. I got news for you. <laughs> yeah. You picked the wrong market, you Randy. You the wrong market if you want to just blend in. Well, to begin with, you're six foot ten. You're not blending in anywhere. Sure. <laughs> but the last place you're going to get your wish on that one is going to be the Apple. Um, anyways, we'll move on. We've got, for the final time today, Trent, two opportunities on our show. And damn it, we would love to have a winner. Yes. Uh, is This contest is going to end today. So you've got two. The Morning Rush did it a couple of times this morning. We will do it. Murph and Annie. So what, there are six opportunities left, at least on this frequency, 1460KXNO, not to win a grand. But here it is. It's time to go for the green with KXNO and EKG Golf. Text the keyword hockey to 200-200 right now. It's your chance to win $1,000 cash. That's hockey to 200-200. Standard message and data rate supply. I think in the building, building-wide, we've had three winners? Yes, I- well, at least three. I know of three, and there may have been more since then. Okay, so I know well, I know of three as well. So at least three winners. Of WHO the, had one. Yep. Uh, Kiss had one. And we had and one. We had and the one. Fanatics had it. Yep. Uh, KXNO, uh, um, an, an afternoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, where was that dude from? Uh, uh, over by Newton. Kellogg? Yes. Good Kellogg, call. Yeah. I love it. That's a great pull. Well, the memory from time to time, Trent, surprises even me. We'll take a timeout. John Walters will join us next. Tom Caker, to, uh, before we get to 11 o'clock at about 11.15, Rob Doster is going to join the, join the program. We'll talk some college basketball with Doster. Always a fun segment with Rob. Claxon's Barbecue Giveaway at about 11.40-ish. It's Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. 24-hour sports anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio. This is 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, with you until noon. Murphy and Andy at 2. 
Fanatics at uh, 4 o'clock. And then Saturday, yes, Saturday for the uh, third week now, the Saturday morning pregame. Songer and Roberts, Sean and Emery on the air tomorrow morning uh, at 8 o'clock. John Walters is the voice of Iowa State. He joins us. John, Trent, and Ken, how are you? Doing great, guys. How are you? Doing fine. You know, and I want to start, um, you know, Scott Dockerman, I know you're, you're an athletic guy. He does it terrific. The athletics is phenomenal, my opinion. Uh, and Doc's got a great piece on the uh, Cyclone Tailgate Tour. I believe it posted yesterday at The Athletic um, as he you know, does both Iowa and Iowa State. But his piece on the Hawkeye Radio took me back 20 years, John. I'm sure you remember it well uh, as well. Uh, and I wondered if there was every, anything similar to Iowa State, and I don't remember that being the case. I know you weren't there yet. Pete was still doing the games. But in your memory, John, can you remember similar circumstances where, you know, there were competing radio stations covering Iowa State and doing play-by-play at least uh, for a period of time? Do you remember if that was the case? It it was the case, um, but it was a little bit before my time. But, um, yes, Warren Swain uh, did did Iowa State games for, I believe, KMA uh, in Shenandoah. Um, there were there were two or three different stations. Pete Pete was doing the games for KRNT, mm-hmm. um, and then about 1981, uh, as I was uh, kind of collecting some thoughts on this yesterday, I saw Eric and I kind of brushed it by him just to get some thoughts. And he has he has the library of knowledge and all this <laughs> stuff. But he said in 1981, uh, they basically decided they were going to go to one network mm-hmm. and you know one one pair of announcers, and that was going to be that. And uh, KIOA uh, actually won that bid. It was a network. There were there were affiliates, but they were the flagship, and they owned the rights to Iowa State Radio as of 1981. And then in 1984, uh, Learfield uh, uh, took it over, and it became you know what it is today. Although it bounced over from Learfield to Clear Channel, and then uh-huh. back to Learfield at one point. So um, not quite the same history as what Iowa did. Iowa State went to one network a lot earlier. Yes. Uh, like most, like most schools did. I mean, Iowa was the last holdout. And I do remember that very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, your colleague Heather Bernstein was actually working for me at Channel 5 at the time that, uh, the, the, the three announcers for Iowa were kind of closing out their careers and everybody knew that. Mm-hmm. And she went on, she did a, she did a really fun, series of stories on Brooks and Gonder and uh no kidding and Zobel. it was really neat and uh so I, what i remember distinctly to this day is she says so will the notorious uh cheapskate uh Zobel <laughs> buy the last meal when these guys go do their last game you know that was a million dollar question yeah. it goes to bob brooks he says i i got it it's never <laughs> happened before i don't know why it would happen now so <laughs> it was just a great moment but uh but I do remember that, and I can't imagine the uh, the feeling Dolph mm. had having those guys over his shoulder. Really? <laughs> to Awkward. But it yeah. was a great, great piece by Doc. I agree. Yeah, no, it was really... So Warren Swain, help me. I know that name. Didn't he? Is he the voice of, or was, Nebraska? Yeah, Nebraska, Virginia. He, he's Warren's from, I believe, Arthur, Iowa. A small town Never heard of in it. northwest Iowa. Okay. It's a Oda Bold, Arthur, Ida Grove, that area. All right. Um yeah, I think he's I think he's from Arthur. And uh, you know, he did Drake games for a while and then you know, he did some Iowa State games with just worked in local radio here in Iowa. But again, that's how you, you right. know, did the games. You were you were the the sports director for KMA and Shendo and you did the Iowa State games because they 
They wanted to do the Iowa State games. And so that's kind of how Warren got started with Iowa State. And then, yeah, he bounced around and, and did a lot of different work for a lot of different schools through the years, had a good career, uh, did, did Virginia games, did uh, Nebraska games for quite some while. I remember they put up a big billboard of him in, in Nebraska uh, and said, this is Swain Terrain. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> when he took it over there. So, yeah, he was a guy that, that did him, but. Um, you know, they, they ultimately had to decide on, on one voice, and, and Pete Taylor was the guy, and uh, they never looked back, and he and Eric formed a team, and mm-hmm. uh, a great team at that. So it was, uh, it, it was a neat deal when those two were selected as the guys. Another radio question, and this is into your era. I remember some hullabaloo for many people when it moved to the bus, 100.3, uh, down the hall from us here, and people, and the thought process even, hey, what year was that, but... People saying, why are you going to FM radio? Sports and university properties need to be on the AM dial in a bigger signal. When was that? Oh, good question, and I don't know the exact answer. I mean, it, I have been doing yeah. it for several years, and it, right. it was right. Jamie Pollard. You know, Jamie Pollard yep. was the one who made that move. He had a Jamie has a great relationship with Greg Brown at Learfield. They are very close, uh, and, and Jamie wanted a bigger reach mm-hmm. for – uh, our, our broadcast signal, you know, and, uh, and and so he, you know, he thinks outside the box a lot. And he and Greg were brainstorming on it and thought, what about 100.3? It's got a it's got a big signal. People can hear it around more of the state. Uh, let's do it, you know. And so they ended up putting him on the bus, and that was a great move for us. Brilliant, to get more exposure. Yeah, no yeah. doubt about it. Absolutely. And of course, KXNO carries the Iowa State women and the, the uh, coaches shows throughout the uh, summer months. I remember that well. That was a look. He he hasn't made many mistakes, Jamie Pollard, uh, John, uh, the, and the uh, uh, the Cyclone Tailgate Tour. Seemingly, you're on it every year. You'd be the one to know firsthand if it's, it seems to be getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and it's just so popular. Uh, one of the better moves, and he's made a bunch of them, but one of his, I think, best decisions was the Cyclone Tailgate Tour and making it available to everybody and taking the, you know, the fees around the golf tournament, whatever you had to do surrounding it. Now it's come on, come all. It was a brilliant move, I think, on his part. And we're now in our, we just finished up our 13th uh, Cyclone Tailgate Tour. It's hard for me to believe it's been that long. But the crowds, it seems like, have been getting bigger and bigger every year. Slowly, you know, I mean, it's been, uh, you know, there were spurts in there. Like when Fred came back, uh, he was like the Pied Piper, you know. I mean, the mm-hmm. line was around the block to go get an autograph from Fred, you know. And, and uh, so that really gave our crowds a burst when he came on board. But really, it's just increased gradually through the years to the point where we're probably going to have to start getting some bigger rooms. We, we had that happen in Sioux City. We just kept out growing rooms, and we finally had to get a bigger, you know, convention center type room to be able to host even a lunch event there and so um it it has grown and grown and people love it because you know you can make of it what you want to make of it you can you can do whatever you want with that day um you can bring your family out you can get you know autographs pictures uh the chance to visit a little bit some people just like to come and listen to the program so they just come in find a seat and they like to hear the coaches talk and answer some questions and and um, but it doesn't cost them anything, you know. If they want to go buy a hot dog from Hy-Vee or whoever's catering outside, that's fine. But they don't, have, you know, it's not a fifty dollar a plate dinner right. or anything like that. It's not stuffy. Um, you know, you want your kids to take a picture with Cy, you can do it. So uh, I, I think it was just a really great way. And, and and one thing that Jamie brings up a lot on this tour that I think really hit home for me is that you know we go out 
to Sioux City or we go to Davenport and we see these fans that are driving three, mm. three and a half hours to our football games, you know, and, and to our basketball games. You'll see, you know. On a weeknight. And all these places. Yeah, on a weeknight, you know, and then driving back. Yep. Well, we've got some great fans up in, um, in Okaboji that, you know, sit in the court side seats down there for men's basketball, Dave and Paul Holtgren. They're making that drive every home game, back and forth to Okaboji. They live on the lake year-round. And so when you do this and you go out and you visit these folks uh, on their territory, it's kind of nice to say, hey, you know, you come do this for us all the time in horrible <laughs> driving conditions. You know, it's great for us to be able to come back to your turf and say hi to you on your home field and, and say thank you. So, you know, that's part of it that might get overlooked. And then, of course, the other really great thing about it is just the camaraderie that grows between the coaches because they're together for those days on that bus. But when you used to ask the coaches to spend, you know, uh, 20 or 30 of their days of their summer uh, trying to go to these small towns and, and hit all these different golf banquets, they really couldn't play golf. They didn't have time for that, but they'd at least come in and do the dinner. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it was just taking up the whole summer. And so to condense it all down to six days – and still hit every corner of the state and impact a heck of a lot more people was just a genius idea by Jamie Pollard. Uh, John Walters, uh, last thing for you, John. Kind of uncharted territory, the uh, preseason magazines, a lot of them hitting this newsstands. A lot of them have Iowa State football preseason top 25. Uh, new Matt Campbell was uh, had this program in the right direction, but it's good to see the recognition when the magazines hit the stand that there's the Cyclones in the top 25. Yeah, it's an exciting time for Cyclone football, no doubt. I mean, you're coming off back-to-back eight-win seasons, and he's won the Big 12 Coach of the Year back-to-back years, and and now you go into a season with a lot of guys back. Yes, there were some key losses, but he built the kind of quality depth that you feel like, okay, uh, they're going to be okay even with those losses. And I think specifically to the quarterback position, where you lost two great ones in Brian Peavy and uh, DeAndre Payne, but, you know, Anthony Johnson, Daytron Young got a lot of snaps last year. He likes to play two guys at every defensive position. And so those guys got enough snaps that I think you still feel pretty comfortable with them as their your starting corners. And so with that kind of evolution of the depth, um, that's where I think this program has really taken the big step forward. And now you can go into a season with realistic high expectations. And, you know, will it play out? We'll see. I mean, there's a lot of teams that get picked high every year that don't win. True. Um, but I, but I do feel pretty strongly that this is going to be a really good football team, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. I think they're going to be good offensively as well, but I think they should have one of the better defenses in the Big 12 and certainly in the country. Vacation time for you, John Walters, coming up? <laughs> you know, I, it used to be in the old days, guys, I'd tell my wife, just wait till the end of March. Yeah. And then it became, just wait till the end of April. Yeah. And then it was, now it's just, May's almost over. Uh, but, you know, we've had a lot of success with our spring sports and, uh, so yeah, June and July is when it absolutely will cr- will crash the brakes there, and uh, I'll get my my breath caught finally in June and July, and then we'll get back after it with fall camp. But uh, and media days before that. Months. Yeah, I am looking forward to, to the next couple months, though, for sure. Good stuff, John. Thank you. Appreciate you coming on. My pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, John Walters, uh, the voice of Iowa State. Good info there. Is uh, they went to Learfield in the eighties? How about that? Long, long yeah. time ago. Well, we got a, a radio historian here with us. Chuck Reed is sitting in studio with you. I and, wondered what the hell he was doing. I thought. Well, maybe... I told him just to go grab a mic because I found this one incredibly interesting. He doesn't got the headset on. It could even hear me right now. Uh, he's putting. There it he on is. His There's the speed. radio professional, Chuck Reed. 
Tell us about way back in the day, WHO. I, I found this one really interesting. Well, not many people know this, but way back in the 60s, WHO used to do all sorts of games. Didn't matter. Just did games. And... Um, so they would actually, they weren't, it wasn't a network, they would actually no. go to the site. Yeah, there were no networks back in the 60s, so like, okay. uh, they'd go over to Vets Auditorium and do Drake games. Okay. Drake was on WHO, and they'd do Iowa State games. They had an ABC schedule, meaning Iowa was the A, so if they played, they that took game presents. was broadcast. Yeah, right. right. Then they had B, and if I'm not mistaken, in the 60s, Drake was the B. <laughs> over because Iowa State. They were having more more basketball success. Uh-huh. And so um, basketball was not a big deal at Iowa State in the 60s. So I think they were the C. So if Saturday night um, Iowa played in the day and maybe Drake had a night off, um, they would do the Iowa State game. So people don't realize Jim Zobel actually broadcast some Iowa I State games. I did not know that. Way back in the 60s. That's crazy, isn't that. it? Yeah, I did not know so that. So it was... Kind now, how do you? Because you didn't grow up here. You grew up in what Muncie, Indiana, right? Munster. Munster. Indiana. Okay. So how do you remember that? How do you know that stuff? Uh, talking to Jim Zobel for okay. about twenty years. <laughs> yeah. Buying Jim Zobel drinks for about twenty years. Is that what you're saying? Uh, no, but uh, you know, because I, I remember. Well, you and him. That, that would be who's going to short arm that bill? Because you're not one to reach out either, right? A couple alligator alligator. <laughs> hey, you guys. could join in just fine with us, man. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you with the uh, deep pockets and short arms, but. Uh, yeah, but no, but way back in the 60s, WHO did all sorts of games, and Zobel used to do Drake games and Iowa State games. Knew the Drake angle, did not know the Iowa State angle. They were the C, I think. Back in the 60s. Yep. Learning something every day. things have changed, indeed. Uh, Tom Kaker, enjoying the program next. Thank you, Chuck Reed, for that. Did you buy a Nick Nurse hat, by the way? Your buddy Nick? Uh, no. Have you, I, did I, you see it last night after on the post? Oh, game he's the had that for a couple months Oh, now. I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah, somebody, there was a, there's a story on it. You can... Uh, it's a good looking hat. Go on the internet and find it. Yeah, not black. Was the black yes, one? Black yeah. one yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've seen this. I'm hoping to get a free one. <laughs> I'm sure you are. <laughs> there it told, is. Told you. <laughs> when I play golf with him this summer, I'm hoping he's uh, you know passing out some hats. Well, you've met him last week and what a week ago tonight. You were in Milwaukee as his guest, were you not? You and your yeah, daughter. Game two went up to Milwaukee and uh, met up with his brother and. Talked to Nate on the bench and all that. And nice. Had a great time. Unfortunately, the game didn't turn out. Not real their well, way. They're 3-0 and since I stopped going, so I think there's an omen. Stay away. Yeah. Stay away. Uh, back with Tom Kaker, Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. KXNO. Keep up with KXNO on Twitter and Facebook. Go to KXNO.com to learn more. From 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller & Condon, Fun Piece with John Walters. Who joined us uh, in the previous segment, Rob Doster, about a half an hour from now. Well, I bet you Heather had some fun with that story when it broke. That what? That's great. I, I did not know that. I want to pick her braid on. I that do too, one and see all the ins and outs of that. Those guys. Was anything said off camera that right? Yes, <laughs> that maybe didn't make the air uh-huh. some feelings that would have been hurt. Yeah, you weren't thinking the same direction. Yeah, that's, that's good great. info. I bet she had a blast on when it posted Monday, Tuesday morning show. Anyways, uh, let's get to Tom Cakert. Um Hawkeye Athletic Department not having a blast this morning, I'm assuming, as they um, tried to spin this. The email, apparently, Tom Cakert, that uh, precipitated this whole Gary Dolphin suspension. 
A lot of sleuths involved in it. Well, hold on a second. I thought that went to Hawkeye Sports, not to the head basketball coach. Learfield got that, or so we were told. Uh, and then you try to figure out the email address, and there's no at Gmail or at AOL or at whatever your your uh, destination is for your emails. So it must be somebody that Fran knows, yada, yada, yada. What were your thoughts when you saw the email posted, Tom Kakert? I just, I... I wanted to, I, I um, sent a text to uh, Scott Dockerman once he tweeted it out, and I said, uh, I desperately want to uh, tweet at you the, the popcorn gift. Yes. The, <laughs> yes. Munching popcorn. <laughs> because this, once I read it, I was like, holy cow. Here we go. This is uh, going to get interesting, I think. But um, what we don't know is, um, you know, we, Reporters or or general citizens cannot FOIA the uh, um, Learfield uh, or Hawkeye Sports Properties emails. So um, we don't know if that person um, sent something to Learfield as well. Um, So we can't solve that side of the mystery. Good info there, Tom, because a lot of people, I think myself included, just that's good info. So, So maybe, just maybe... You know that, that we weren't being sold a bill of goods. That an that an email did go to one of those two entities. That's good info. Yeah. Uh, so we we don't know that, um, but that it went to Fran and there's uh, and we can't tell. I, I don't know. I don't know enough about how to read these things. But was there a CC to Gary Barda? I don't know. It just um, it, it doesn't seem like there was, but who knows. Um, that's just it's just interesting given that that it's been acknowledged by both parties that Fran and Gary were not really getting along real well even before this. So um, for obvious reasons, the Macy Daly thing kind of bringing that mm-hmm. to light more than anything else. So um, it's just interesting. It's just more drama for Iowa. Really, That's something they probably have to explain and you know and it's just the the transparency issue again and i know institutions claim transparency but sometimes they kind of don't i mean you see what's happening with the von Shemansky thing the volleyball coach mm-hmm. where you know you have a press conference and you don't really say what's what's behind this um you know, no hint of what it is. And so, then you know what? That's least, Tom. Just to pick up on that, and that leads everybody. Now, admittedly, it's it's a sport that doesn't get a lot of coverage, right? And but if it is going to get a lot of coverage, now is the now are the months that it's going to get more light shine on it than it probably normally would. Clearly, in the fall or in the winter and spring. So it leaves us to speculate, Tom. I guess is where we're going instead of getting yep. you know right out in front of it. Is not right. Is it? Anybody in public relations will tell you if it's a bad story, get out in front of it. And that's kind of, and maybe there, but then maybe there are lawyers that are telling me you can't say anything. You, you know, you can't do anything at this point, but um, at some point you got to try and get out in front of the story. And that's just kind of, it, it was the whole thing with the, the Dolph King Kong thing where it was just a lot of speculation and, you know, days without, talking to the media about right, it right. and and then hiding from the media at a basketball game when you guys knew you could corner them yeah and it just it just leads to more speculation uh sometimes not well informed or just rumors and 
I, I don't know. I, I just always think that transparency uh, on the fullest level possible is always the best option in these sort of situations. Tom Caker joining us, HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, so much going on on that front and just a, a weird week, certainly for the University of Iowa. Now you still have the baseball team alive. They upset number one, Indiana. 11.30, by the way, is they've just uh, scheduled first pitch. 11.30 will resume. 11.30 will yep. be first pitch for that one. It's Nebraska, and we've seen this team under Heller make runs that didn't look very good going into the Big Ten tournament. They've done it before. At least hope to make a run here. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, it's interesting. They've kind of moved the rotation around a little bit this week, and uh, Grant Judkins is going to throw today, uh, and he's kind of been their three guy, and uh, but he's been pitching much better than Cam Bauman has uh, lately. So, uh, I, you know, the, nothing really surprises me with Rick's teams. Um, it, you know, the, it was disappointing the last two weekends to, you know, only win one game and and kind of play your way out of an NCAA tournament chance, and now you've got to run the table here. You gotta you gotta win in Omaha to get there and uh and everything just sort of falls apart in that whole tournament where all the top seeds get beat in the first round. So now it's kinda of wide open and you get past Nebraska, then you play uh I, I think Ohio State won the first game today. Yep. So you play the Buckeyes uh in the next game and the winner of that game is pretty much, you know, on their way to the title game. So it's just uh uh, you know they've still got to come back and beat another team, but um, you're, you've at least got some wiggle room uh, with uh, with uh, you know not having since it's a double elimination mm-hmm. tournament. Uh, Tom Caker, Hawkeye Report. Tom to basketball, and uh, it's new to us. I mean, we haven't spoken with you uh, since the uh, Jordan Bohannon surgery, uh, the hip surgery that he underwent earlier in the week. Um, it's just another layer to all of this. Will he or won't he? And uh, if he does, is he rushing back to play his senior year? Would he be better off, uh, you know, sitting the year out and being a hundred percent for his final, to, and then use up his final year of eligibility? Going to be a fun story to track, Tom. From where you sit, do you think we'll see? him in uh, 1920 or more so 2021 i i would think right now the way it looks um and this is just you know a couple days post-surgery um it it just sure seemed like the the story that chad lysico had with the quotes from jordan that he was going into it kind of with the mentality that i'm probably going to sit out this year and um but he could end up you know in october he, when practice starts and he's feeling pretty good and he's ready to go. And uh, you just don't know with those surgeries. A lot of, I've talked to several people about it and um, the general feeling uh, among people who are uh, kind of rehab specialists, uh, you know, that, that work with people who have had these sort of surgeries, uh, kids that age, that 20 weeks is kind of a, a benchmark to get back and get ready and, uh, that kind of fits in with the time frame of November, but um, Jordan's kind of made it clear: if I'm not fully healthy when the season starts, I'm just not gonna I'm not gonna come back in December. It's not gonna be worth it for him. So um, I, I think he'll probably make a decision by uh, sometime in October. And if he's not ready for the start of practice, I kind of think he's just gonna sit it out. Any sniffing around now on the grad transfer market, it is very picked over, but there's still a few names out there. Desperate times, it feels like. Don't you have to get another guard? 
be at a point, yeah. shooting guard, whatever it is? Yeah, yeah you have to, uh, I think, at least. Just uh, You know, I, I always thought, even when Moss left, I thought they still had enough... Uh, Artillery there for uh, with uh, with what they had at, in the guard court. They didn't have as much wiggle room, obviously, but I, I thought they had enough. And uh, without Bohannon, that's just another shooter that's gone, and that's just so important for them. Uh, and now you're going to rely on Connor McCaffrey and Joe Toussaint to run the team. And um, you know, here's the other thing that, that I was talking to a friend of mine about Connor's. You know, it was announced earlier that he's going to be playing yeah. baseball this summer in Albany. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, with a, a, a summer team there. Now, he can get in the gym every day and get shots up and get his work in. I'm sure he can do that there. There's there's plenty of gyms. I'm sure they, the McCaffrey's know people that can get him into gyms every day and people that can work with them. But still, you're away from the team. And um, I, I wonder... If there's going to be a change there, I'm hoping that we'll get uh, some access to Fran here in early June and uh, be able to talk to him and talk to some of the players about you know what's going on with the team at this point. Good stuff, Tom Kakert. Enjoy your weekend. HawkeyeReport.com. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate it. Okay. Thanks, guys. Good to talk to you, Tom Kakert, HawkeyeReport.com. All right. Another hour to go. In the hour, we will talk some college basketball from a national perspective with Rob Doster. Uh, we will give away some barbecue at eleven forty. Look forward to that as always. Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KXNO. This is fourteen sixty.